Inside 20 is brought to you by Traditional Bow Hunters of Georgia. Head on over to tradbowga.com for more info. Inside 20 is a separate entity from our sponsors. The information shared during each podcast are the beliefs of Inside 20 Associates and the guests participating. You're on the second part of this journey series. We had some good feedback so far from Tim's personal journey. Just to be clear, I know we've probably put this in a description, but the idea behind the personal journeys is we don't only want to kind of tell a little bit about ourselves and our story and then in the future continue to build on that, having guests and people that are part of our circle or even outside of that come on and, and tell theirs. But I think it's good for me, have been part of uh, the traditional archery group for now eight years full time. And that's been the only thing that I've hunted with. Uh, it, for me, it has been good just to be encouraged that, you know, there's other people outside of myself that have similar stories right and so I know we talked about this with Tim but just the idea behind how difficult it can be at times and challenging and you feel like you constantly got to work which makes it fun but at the same time let's all be honest when there's a there's challenge behind that and we go through some bad seasons it's it's really easy to want to give up when you feel like you're all alone so it's really helpful and I think this will uh, hopefully for some listeners out there this will kind of encourage them uh, during, you know, whatever season they're in and whatever part of their journey. So I have, like I said, I've been uh, participating in traditional archery. I started back in 2014. I remember like it was yesterday. It's funny when we were talking about this, I was trying to think about how this, you know, started exactly and what triggered me to want to go out and, and purchase a traditional bow and this particular being a Martin Hunter that I bought. And so I was actually, it's funny. I remember I was watching the sportsman channel. That was before like streaming was real big. And so I was watching the sportsman's channel and I was watching an episode of bow hunter magazine. And during that episode, there was a scene in there uh, that had Larry Jones. He was hunting. And if anybody knows who that is, he's an older gentleman that pretty much all he hunts with is with a traditional bow and real big on painting his face and elk hunting, but he was hunting whitetail and he shot this deer at, I don't know, it was probably 30 yards. And I just remember watching that and it wasn't even slow-mo, but watching, you could clearly see those white fletching spin all the way into that deer, almost like a perfect football Hail Mary pass and just right in that pocket of that buck and that buck ran off and, and fall over dead at like 30 yards and how excited he got. And I told myself I was going to go buy a bow at that point and I was going to try to kill at least a doe with it. And that was going to be like, that was my challenge. Like that's what I wanted to do. So I got on GON's marketplace and I found that Martin Hunter. And so I reached out to this individual that I had never met before in my life. And as the Lord would have it, it was Dendy Cromer. And so Dendy at that point had no idea who I was. I was just a uh, potential customer. So I had reached out and I told him, you know, who I was. And then I was looking to buy my first traditional bow. I had never owned um, a recurve or a long bow. And I told him that I wanted to buy one and I want to try to kill a deer. And then I currently hunted with a compound. And when I started hunting, I hunted with a rifle. And then I started hunting with a compound. And for me, I guess it's kind of uh, unique um, out, out of my group of friends because I started hunting with a compound when I was like 13. 
I started shooting a compound and deer hunt with the compound and uh, found success with it and uh, just fell in love with it. And, and I know I had a lot of friends that would give me a hard time and say, why are you hunting with a compound when you can hunt the rifle during rifle season? But I just loved it. I loved the aspect behind it. Um, and it was, it was challenging, just like traditional archery. Uh, and it, uh, I think it really helped me uh, set a good foundation when I, when I bought that bow from Dendi uh, to be able to, you know, have somewhat of knowledge to figure out how, how to get close to these deer. And, and even though it was the next step up and, you know, I was trying to get within 30 yards of these deer, you know, now I'm trying to get inside 15 or 20 yards. And so that was, you know, it was added to that challenge. Uh, but anyway, I bought this bow from Dindy and uh, I had reached out to him to, to, uh, to purchase this thing. And I thought that was going to be the end of it. But just like we had talked about in Tim's podcast, how willing these individuals are to just bend over backwards and give you the shirt off their back to a complete stranger. And that is exactly what Dindy did. And so to this day, I consider him to be one of my, you know, best friends. I mean, me and him talk uh, on a lot and uh, we've gone through a lot together. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's been interesting to see just how our lives, individual lives have changed. And I remember he sent me uh, my first batch of arrows after I bought that bow and he wasn't expecting me to pay anything. He was like, hey, I'm going to send you some arrows. And they were wood arrows. If anybody knows Dendy, they know that he loves to shoot wood and aluminum. Uh, those are probably the, his favorite types of arrows to shoot. So I started out shooting wood arrows and just because I, you know, went off what Dendy was telling me. And so I had bought, I had gotten these wood arrows from him. And of course, the first time I'd shot them, I had broke a bunch of them. Um, and so it just, at that point, it just kind of grew from there. And I put so much energy into that first uh that first season and thankfully when i bought that bow it was i think it was uh closer towards the end of that deer season so you know of course i elected to not hunt with it and just shoot it um and just try to figure out like how i could get better at it and at the time i was uh just finishing up my fourth year of my undergrad in college and i was uh, commuting and living at home with my parents and i remember this this was something for me that really lit the fire it was probably one of the craziest experience I've had in the woods, but I had been down at a hunting lease hunting uh, with my compound. Uh, and so I had gotten home and it was during the rut and it was probably like two o'clock in the afternoon. I had a target set up in the, the woods and my parents lived in a neighborhood, but there was a bunch of woods behind us. And it's funny, the two guys are sitting on this call, Tim and Mike, I don't think I've even told them this story, but I had gotten home and I said, I'm going to go down there. I'm going to shoot this bow because you start shooting it and you become obsessed with it even before you start hunting with it. And I think both these guys have seen that and you just love to shoot it in practice. And that's what makes it fun. So I go down there at two o'clock in the afternoon and I go to shoot and I'm shooting and it's quiet. And I go to retrieve my arrows after a few, uh, few volleys. And I hear something like walking through the woods. You can really go out. And I look over and about a hundred yards coming to me is a, I'm talking about a awesome buck, a big buck, like a 10 pointer with, and had kickers off his bases, like the craziest looking deer I had, I had ever seen at that point in the woods. I, I'd never seen that deer before. And I'd hunted some behind my parents' house with a, uh, with a compound because there was enough woods back there and it butted up to a floodplain. So I, there was a stack of wood that we had cut and put up for firewood to do like a, a fire pit in the woods back there. And so I of course grabbed my bow and these arrows and I had some 
broadhead arrows that Dendy had sent me. And I run back to this pile of woods and I crouched down behind it and I could hear this deer coming. And it's obviously during the rut. So this deer is just cruising with his head down, looking probably for looking for a doe. And you can hear him coming. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. And the wind at the time, I don't know how did this happen so quick. I wouldn't pay attention to that. So I'm assuming he probably hit close to where my wind was blowing to because he stopped. And when he stopped, I did, couldn't see him. So behind this pile of woods, crouched down. So of course, I just stand up. And when I did, he was like 20 yards from me, and he was quarter and two, kind of facing me. Of course, at that time, I just was I'm going to shoot. But now, knowing I know, I wouldn't take that shot. And the guy shoot, and the arrow goes right in front of his chest. And he takes off running, and then he stops at probably about 50 yards, turns around, looks at me, and then he puts his head back down and just keeps cruising. And at that point there nothing to show from it but a simple story and that for me i i was i was uh i was definitely bought in and it lit the fire for me to want to keep practicing even more and want to uh to that next coming up season try to kill a deer and uh god was good to me um because that next season i think i killed four or five deer with that martin hunter and those wooden arrows and it was it was just, it was amazing how it worked out. I practiced a ton um, going into that season. And so then I'll say this, uh, there's, I've found success over the past eight years. There has been some, some really hard seasons uh, that I've gone through. There's been some of the biggest deer that I've pursued and have uh, ended up not having an opportunity or have missed shots or had uh, made poor shots on deer. Um, and so that is, but a lot of times that people are close to me, ask me why I do it. And to me, uh, the reason I love it is because it, it, when it's, it doesn't work out, it is really hard, but it makes me want to, to, to come back and try to get some more. It's just, it's so addicting. It's interesting. Um, and I've said this a lot, but to me, traditional archery is so much like life. Um, it's life is tough when we go through some tough seasons, but, when it's uh, when it all works out and all comes together and it just it feels like the pinnacle um, of success when you reach it. But there was a buck that I shot that first. I think it was the first year. It was during the rut and I was hunting. I was actually hunting in those woods, those same woods. And I had uh, had a grunt tube and I saw this deer. It was early morning coming across. There was a, uh, like some creek, a little creek back there in floodplain i could see this deer probably a couple hundred yards off and saw it was a a, a larger body deer uh, it was kind of just now getting daylight and i grunted a few times and this deer just turned on my dime comes straight to me and i started getting so nervous and that deer's coming right for me and that is getting closer and closer and i can't see horns and it's getting closer and it's a three-point spike and it comes straight to me at like 20 yards and i'm shaking i'm standing up in my climber and I'm shaking my knees shaking and he gets to about I don't know 18 20 yards broadside I draw back and shoot shoot right underneath him and he 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 hits the you know he, he takes off turns around comes back behind my tree and when he did that I was like I can't believe I just missed that's, that's horrible and I got even more nervous well I grabbed another arrow and he just proceeded to go back the same direction he wanted to go came underneath my tree even closer like 12 to 15 yards I shoot, arrow hits him right behind the shoulder, perfect shot. He, he takes off running, stops like 40 yards, and the arrow had come out at that point, but it looked like there was good penetration. He stops at probably about 40 yards facing away from me, standing there looking, and I thought, well, man, maybe I didn't make a good shot. And all of a sudden, his tail starts flickering. He just falls over, 
And I have never been so fired up shooting a deer in my entire life. And it was just a little three point buck, but I was, I was so excited at that point. Uh, I think the, I called my dad at that time and uh, I was like, Hey, you, you got to come out here and help me get this deer that I had just shot because it was behind their house. Uh, and he probably thought I was crazy because you know, he came out there, probably thought it was going to be a huge buck, but at the end of the day, and I think you'll see this, um, it's about those experiences and we you know we try not to measure the success uh, in in just overall score like you see a lot today uh, and just trying to chase that I think that's one thing that it makes it hard for me now uh, looking at it because I hear so many people talk about well, that deer's you know he's not 120 inches I'm not going to pursue that deer and I just feel like it's it, it's fine if that's what you want to do and that uh, it makes you happy but um, there's a lot of things. I think if that was the only, uh, thing that I focused on that I would miss out on. And these guys on the call, on this call right now, they know, uh, that that's, uh, that's been some mistakes that I've made, even hunting traditional that I've only focused on one or two specific deer and my whole season revolve around that. And you're, there's a lot riding on you trying to kill this, you know, this mature deer, uh, on and that's the only thing really that you're looking to do that season and if you put too much focus on that uh, it, unfortunately you can be let down pretty bad if it didn't work out uh, and so I've told uh, multiple people that you know I wasn't going to do that going forward uh, and that you know it was uh, it's not going to be how I measure my success in a year uh, you just put too much added stress on yourself and your family uh, and I know it sounds crazy but people that uh, are passionate about uh, any type of hunting or deer hunting they they understand um, and so just for me from a traditional standpoint uh, it is it it has it has given me a different outlook on on the way I pursue you know, deer and turkey and um, any other type of game that I've been blessed to to be able to take with with uh, archer equipment um, and so I, I think anybody out there that listens to this they should just be encouraged that if you've got this the slight desire to want to give it a try. Uh, and there's probably a voice in your head telling you that don't waste your time, that you're just gonna, you're gonna spend time doing something that uh, you might, you find failure or you really don't know where to start. Uh, that and just understand that I, when I started out, I didn't, I didn't know what I was gonna find. And I was just simply buying a bow from a stranger. And uh, I'll say this, that I think majority of the people that are part of this traditional archery group, they would do the same thing that Dendy Cromer did for me. And it is amazing, um, you know, that act, because it, it really did it, for me. If it wasn't for him, I would not have stuck with it this, this long. Uh, maybe I would have found success that first season and then, you know, said, hey, I accomplished my goal. This is it. I'm going I'm gonna, to I'm gonna turn it in. I'm just going to hang this thing up on the wall and be able to talk about that. Um, and then I'll say this too, this is another big turning point. Uh, and I think that uh, I have done this with multiple people uh, that know me that are, are hunting with a compound or maybe a rifle, but I've kind of pressed them and because I was pressed as well. So Dindy, I remember I was probably in one of my last class classes for school uh, and I was on campus and I'd called him and I think I'd been shooting the bow for a few weeks at that point. And so Dindy, you know, we're just now getting to know one another and I'm on the phone talking to him. And uh, he said, you know, what are your plans for this year? 
And I said, well, I said, you know, I just want to keep shooting this thing and I'll try to hopefully by next season, try to kill a deer with it. Um, and I'll, you know, see where it goes from there. And he said, well, what are you going to do with your compound? And I told Dindy, I said, well, I'm going to keep my compound. And then he said, no, you shouldn't do that. You should probably sell your compound. And I thought he was crazy. I was like, here's this guy that I just met super nice guy that was, he, he <laughs> bent over backwards for me. I bought a bow from him. He set me up with a glove and, uh, and arrows and, and spent a ton of time with me on the phone, talking me through it. And he's telling me to sell my compound. And I don't know how quickly it was. I can't remember. Uh, I think it was probably within a couple of weeks after that, uh, he maybe mentioned it a few more times. And the next thing I know, I'm, I'm selling my compound and that's the only thing I've got. And so it's interesting because I have done that same thing to multiple buddies that have tried this. Uh, and it's hard. I mean, it is, it is difficult because you, you think once I sell that, then at that point, I'm stuck with this method. And then once you get so deep into it, you, uh, you feel like oh, I've invested so much and I've got, you know, I've got these people that are encouraging me. I can't, I, I can't give up. Can't give up. That'll that shows my uh, that'll show that I I gave up and quit, right? But I think everybody's gonna have their story. If you don't want to do that, if you want to try it, and then when rifle season comes in, you rifle hunt or you, you switch back to your compound. I think that's fine. I think it's it's different people. Um, you know, they uh, they function it uh, different ways when it comes to stuff like that. And, and maybe getting rid of a, a compound is good. Maybe it's, it doesn't matter for you. Maybe you can. Um, you've got enough self-control to where you want to hunt with different things and you're not, you're not making that decision based off of just what's in your closet. Um, but you've got a goal and you set that. So what do you think, Matt, what do you think the biggest challenge for someone, um, getting into traditional, uh, as far as equipment goes, like how would someone, uh, maneuver, you know, switching from compound to traditional, um, how would someone go about doing that? And what's, what's, what do you think your best option is for doing that? Because, you know, if you don't have someone um, close by, I know it's hard to, you know, it's, there's things in traditional that's tough to get into. I mean, if you don't have your knock point set right, you don't know how to do that. It's, it's tough. You don't know how to tune arrows. I mean, you can, you can easily get defeated. How would someone go about um, overcoming those obstacles on their own? Because, I mean, we're fortunate, you were fortunate to have a, a mentor, um, what do you think the best way to um, maneuver that would be? That's a good question. I think now that we're we're in such a uh, technology-rich environment that you can find just about anything on the internet, and not everybody learns that way. I know that's hard. It's sometimes better to to have somebody and do it in person, but YouTube is is a great place to, to go and look for things. I, I call it YouTube university because I, I pretty much anything breaks, especially at the house and I'll go on YouTube and look at it and be able to figure it out. And same thing for archery. And there's, there's a lot of good videos um, on, on YouTube that you can look at. There's a lot of good videos on setting up bows. Um, I know that there's a group called the push and you can go in there and they've got a lot of uh, entry level stuff that when it comes to setting up a, your first time traditional bow, but then also on GON, uh, which is George outdoor news, there is a group, there's a forum, and you can go to the traditional archery forum and pretty much anybody that, um, you know, we've interacted with 
uh, through TBG, which is Traditional Bow Hunters of Georgia, is on that form. And you can get on there and there's pictures and you can search forms and you can ask questions and people are, are very quickly to jump in and help you out um, through that form. And I'm sure trade phone numbers and get on FaceTime or even there could be somebody locally to you that you don't even know about that knows somebody knows somebody on that form and you meet up with them that way. Uh, and another good thing too is I've been to a few archery shops in my time and there are some archery shop guys that, that are pros there that understand how to set up a uh, a recurve or a longbow and some places sell recurves and longbows you know you can buy a bear montana at bass pro shop you can go there and some of the bass pro shops will have them you can buy them there and i think uh, uh most of your pros will be able to set you up and, and tell you how how the brace height needs to be set and can set you up with some carbon arrows and and be able to get it to fly straight um, I think that's the best way to go about that. Um, but there's, there, there's different ways, different channels to be able to get the information you need. You just, you gotta be willing to dig. Um, and I guarantee you'll come across somebody that is willing to, to put the time in for you and not expect anything in return in this community. Yeah, that's, um, that's, that's really good information. Um, because, uh, even now for me, I mean, a year into traditional, um, I, I lean on everybody in, in our group, um, for help as far as equipment, hunting. I mean, it's everything. I mean, we all lean on each other and we're very fortunate to have that. So all that's good information, but, um, to go back to your buck, you know, the, the three pointer you shot in your parents' backyard, that's a, that's a great story that I hadn't heard. And I have something similar. I mean, my first deer I ever shot at with traditional equipment, I was shaking so bad. Uh, I, I'd never felt anything like that before. Uh, I ended up shooting five feet in front of the deer. I don't know. I probably never told y'all that. So it is, it's, it's a rush. Um, so I can definitely relate to that. And that's, that's a great story. Um, definitely, definitely one to remember having your dad help you drag it out of the woods. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. And it's interesting because my dad, he, he's hunted, he's lived in Alaska and hunted there and hunted some uh, here in Georgia, but he's, it's not definitely his passion and it does not get him excited. I, I remember when I was a kid, my, uh, my mom was telling me, she was like, you know, I had a conversation with your dad. This is as an adult but as a kid uh, he was like i don't you know, i want to hang out with matt but um he just he don't want to seem like he wants to hang out with me and it was in the fall at some point i guess and my mom said well have you asked him what he wants to do and he said yeah all he wants to do is sit in a tree and i don't want to do that she's like well you probably need to go do something he wants to do if you want to hang out with him and it's funny because uh you know he didn't really care about it that and still doesn't and so to to have like a dad or somebody like that or even like an uncle somebody close in your family as a male that that love to hunt. I didn't have that, but thankfully um, I've met some amazing uh, older men in, in my life that have been mentors and, and have been able to uh, put time into me from a, just bow hunting in general with a compound or a rifle and put that time into me to where I've you know, gotten to this point from a, uh, you know, just a passion standpoint. And uh, I, I desire to do that too, like uh, with friends or as I get older, uh, buddies, uh, you know, if they got sons or um, I've got a little girl, so maybe she'll at least want to go a few times with me. We'll see. But it's, I don't know. It's, it's just, there, there's definitely more of that. I feel like, cause I've been a part of uh, different communities within the hunting in, uh, industry. And so I've seen that I had an online business uh, and I've been a part of that, like traveling around and going to trade shows and, meeting people and it's just interesting because i've met a, a vast variety of different folks and i've just felt like there's 
there's more there's more people in the traditional realm that are are willing to put time into you and invest time and not expect something in return. And in today's world, it's just we're so our our lives are so fast paced. I think oftentimes we forget how important that is because we're thinking about you know and what's going on in our lane and in our goals and our family and our hobbies and we get caught up in that and we're almost got blinders on to where we're missing other people um, that we're you know we're crossing paths with. So I try to be intentional about that. I'm not always good at it. I know that, but it's uh, I think it's that's more important than anything. Any uh, you know any record book settings or anything that you know from a, a, a world class standpoint when it comes to hunting, I think that's more important. So I I know I I know from a, a group aspect I, I've, I mentioned this last time, but I think for me I've been a part of this now for you know, since 2014 for what, eight years. And so for me, I, I have enjoyed the past two seasons more than I have the eight years doing this, just from uh, the network, the close network of buddies that have, um, that has uh, come about and grown uh, for me. And then we've got a group text. What is there? Nine people in our group text now and Dindy's in that. Um, and there's nine guys. Some of us, you know, are just starting out. Some of us have, have been doing it for a little bit. Some of us have, have uh, done it for a few seasons and have found success already. But for me, that has been so exciting and fun to do that with a group of close friends and share that and send pictures and uh, go to shoots together or uh, plan hunts, um, talk about future hunts. And to me, that is just I, I would trade that for any of the, the, uh, you know, the wall hanging trophies, deer, turkey, whatever that I've, you know, have, have an opportunity to harvest uh, since I've been doing this, because to me, that camaraderie and that, that uh, just the interaction and the time together is, has been more important than memories that we're building together. Um, that's, that's more important than anything. Yeah. You really build um, like close friendships over this traditional archery thing, something that you know I haven't seen before. So that's definitely a, a big plus yeah it is if it wasn't for the group of guys i know that my wife uh, would cut me off eventually from uh sitting there talking to her during deer season she would just uh she'd cut me off completely. oh when it is uh when it's tough and there's misfortune uh it's it's hard to forget about it it's tough i know that so i'll say oh this is my last story um that i'll share uh, in regards to some turning points for me and this is this is an important story. Um, so this was two years ago. So Mike and I, uh, I'd say that we weren't close friends. Or maybe it was, two, yeah, it was two years ago, right, Mike? I think it was two years ago. Uh, we weren't close friends, but uh, we were, you know, we were talking on the phone, hadn't really hung out at that point. And so we ended up, um, uh, we were talking about deer season and hunting. And uh, of course, you're, you're sharing pictures and talking about certain deer and there was a deer that uh, I was hunting at the time and had, sh had shot this deer that, uh, that morning and ended up shooting him and thought it was you know, a good shot, wasn't for sure. And so I had ended up calling Mike on the phone and, and told him about it just because we had talked about it through text. And Mike decided that he was going to stop what he was doing and come and try to help me look for this deer. Well, long story short, this deer was, was, not, was not hit to the point to where he was going to expire. Uh, actually, the deer ended up showing back up on camera like a month later 
didn't look like he'd been shot at all. Um, and so, but Mike spent probably four or five days with me trying to look for this deer and get permission on neighboring properties and going to look and getting, uh, potentially getting a tracking dog out there and spent all this time trying to help for me, help, help me look for this deer. And, uh, Mike at the time had, had not started traditional hunting. He was something with compound. He's probably thinking to himself, this guy is an idiot. Why would he do this? Right. What was he thinking? And so I'll say this, like for me, that memory, even though, and it's part of Mike's memory too, even though it wasn't something that we got to celebrate together, um, it was something that it showed me. It was like this, this individual is, is to me is considered a great friend and somebody who will drop anything and come and and, uh, and do this for you and not not really expecting something in return. I get it, man. I feel the same way. I, I think that uh, I think that just seeing your tenacity and, and I think it's pretty evident listening to you over this call that uh that you're a pretty motivated person you're probably one of the harder harder working people that I've ever met uh Tim as well I mean I think that's why you kind of gravitate towards one another we're, we're all very passionate and uh you know that that plays into this for sure but talk about you know that that obviously was heartache and, and that um didn't turn out in your favor but how that's kind of happened throughout your life and some of the, the other things that have happened maybe not even hunting related where that that same tenacity has had to play in yeah it's been tough so i i have played uh baseball my entire life that was uh from a sports aspect i had put a lot of effort into that uh, a lot of effort and time and energy from the time that i was about four until uh my first two years of college ended up getting hurt had tommy john surgery and ended up having to go back and do rehab and spend a ton of time and energy just trying to get to the point to where I had full range of motion in my elbow. Uh, and so for me going through that process was, it was tough. It, uh, it was really hard for me. Um, I thought that, you know, I had my plan and my, my life of how it was going to go mapped out. Um, and of course you get thrown a curveball at that point, no pun intended, and have to go through that, that process ended up long story short, I'd come back and, and didn't have the velocity that I had before. And even though I worked probably twice as hard, I felt like to rehab and work out and get, get my strength back. I ended up having to make a tough decision to, to hang it up. Um, after all that time and energy invested into it, uh, and had, you know, some big dreams, I think as anybody playing any kind of sport as a child would. Uh, and so that was, it was really tough to go through that. Um, I think for me, that was probably one of the first, uh, big life altering things to happen to where I realized that we often set a plan for ourselves, whether it's in a hobby uh, or goal or life in general, the path, the direction we're going. And that does not always play out as we had you know, originally planned. Um, and thankfully God has got a bigger plan in store for us because if I could look back now and talk to my younger self and tell my younger self, Hey, don't worry about it. That plan you had, that's, that's not the best one for you the, and the way it's going to work out and who you're going to meet and who you're going to marry and the child you're going to have and the friends you're going to make and your, your career and how that's all going to plan out. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have, uh, I wouldn't have traded it. Um, and even with that, uh, there's been some other events that's happened, uh, that were really tough and I would still, I would still, I want those to happen because I'll say this, I'll say this, the things that we go through, those tough really hard times the miss the the uh the misfortune the things that don't play out to, uh to to what we had had set in, in our mind as a goal those 
are the turning points. Those are the times that we truly, we truly realize lessons in those and in, in ways that we can um, maybe look at life in a different way or things that we can change about ourselves individually. Um, though, and there are opportunities for that. We, we don't always do that, unfortunately. Sometimes we, we have those chances and we don't, but those are those opportunities to where we can decide, hey, I'm going to hit this thing head on and this is what I'm going to do differently going lesson or you know we can do the quite the opposite and i think the same exact thing the same exact thing is, is what often happens when we fail in traditional archery or hunting with a compound or hunting with a rifle the same thing uh and so you've got to make that decision are you going to work twice as hard are you going to uh you know take that from that that uh that situation where you got busted by that deer and change the way you set up next time or are you going to keep doing the same thing the same way over and over again? Um, and so I think that for me is maybe that's why traditional archery is, uh, is appealed for me for so long. Um, I know that it's, uh, it's, it's not always worked out the way I planned, but like I said before, when it does work out, there's to me, the satisfaction that you feel is, uh, it, it can't be replicated. I'll agree with that, man. It's, um, uh, you know, the journey that we uh, that we go on to get where we're at right now is um, it's definitely it's a definitely long and tough journey for a lot of people. Some it's not, but man, where you get in the end, and I think this um, definitely carries over into archery, uh, traditional archery. Um, where you get in the end is um, you know is what's most important. Um, the path that takes you there is you know it it is what it is, but um, you know, where we're at now, um, is, is what's most important. And, um, you know, just like you, all the things that I've done up to this point have led me right here and, um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I mean, that completely carries over to traditional archery. So, um, it, it's, it's definitely neat how things work out. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's just a path, you know, it is. That's exactly right. And I think everybody's is going to be different. And I think that's what's got to be encouraging for somebody that wants to give it a try, but they're not a hundred percent. They want to step out. It's you're going to have your own journey and there could be people that you compare yourself to. And that's, I think that's the first mistake that we often do in life, but you compare yourself to that have had a lot of success and maybe there's been minimum failure or maybe they don't haven't talked about it. Right. And so you think to yourself, well, I, first time I screw up, I'm going back to what I was doing before, right? That method worked. I'm going to go back to it. And I think that you've got to be able to go into it um, and, and look at it in a different light to accept that it, there's going to be times where it, it, it doesn't work out uh, and that it doesn't, it doesn't fall in my favor more than likely. But hopefully when you start out, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully there's... Um, a majority of, of success stories that you can share. And then uh, maybe there's just a few times that it didn't work out that are sprinkled in there. I, I encourage anybody that's on the fence, if there's any doubt in your mind, but you've had the thought, you should at least try it. You should at least try it one time. And uh, you would rather do that than you get older, you get to a point in life to where maybe you can't archery hunt at all. Maybe you don't have the strength or the ability to pull a bow back or climb trees or 
be able to, you know, just hunt period. Um, but you don't want to look back and say, man, I, I wish I would have tried that. You know, I wish I would have done that. Uh, you want to look back with regret in that aspect, I think. Yeah. So I, I, you know, what I would draw from, from everything you've said about, um, if, if you are interested in making a switch, you know, from compound or rifle to a traditional bow, or even just brand new hunting in general, I think there's, um, there's a lot to be said for, um, getting connected with, with, um, like-minded people, people that, you know, have experience, even if it's, you know, they've only been doing it a month, you know, um, getting connected with someone that knows a little bit more than you and, and can help you along the way, because that's going to be the best thing for you. And, you know, like we talked about last week, um, there's plenty of groups out there that really, really want to, want to help people. And it's, um, it's a, it's a burning passion for darn near everybody. Um, so everybody's, you know, really eager to, to reach out and give someone new, a, a helping hand, which is, um, which is great. So, I mean, I think that's the big takeaway is get connected, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. Completely agree with that. It makes it more fun anyway in life, doing it with friends and other people that you, you cross paths with. No matter so what. Absolutely, it does. Absolutely. You can go out in the yard and shoot 25 arrows by yourself, but if you have one other person there with you, um, you know, it's, it makes it a whole lot easier to, to shoot 100 arrows in a day, you know, versus going out there by yourself and shooting at a target and going to get them. I mean, it, it definitely makes it fun. And I know me and Matt and Mike, we all, when we get together, you know, we'll challenge each other. You know, we, you know, we, we make it a competition. Um, and, and that alone, you know, drives us at least, um, you know, everyone's different. Some people don't like competition, but, um, it definitely drives us to, to, to push and do better. Um, so having a support system, um, in any realm of your life, whatever you're doing is definitely going to be, um, a giant help, you know, and you, you, um, you can't go, you can't go wrong by, by having a little help getting into something. Um, I know if you're like me, you can, you can want to be hard headed and try to do it on your own, but you'll still have arrows that are hitting the target, um, knock high and you'll never know the reason why, you know, or, or your, um, your arrows are porpoising through the, porpoising through the air. And you're just like, man, I can't figure this out. I'm, I'm gonna pick something else up. This is, this isn't right. You know, you know, um, so, so yeah, having, having people there definitely brings a different aspect to it. Makes, makes the whole, um, just, just shooting and practicing a lot more fun. So, um, I would definitely say get connected if you can, there's probably someone very close to you in your area, um, or driving distance that will, um, would love to shoot with you. You just gotta reach out, get outside your comfort zone, find them. For sure, man. I, I agree with everything they said. And, and I think that, uh, to, to piggyback off what Tim said about shooting with people and having fun doing that and challenging one another. Uh, I, I think it's also like the, the success aspect of it, just like when you're, say teaching a kid to ride a bike or to play baseball or something like that you know it's important to 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 let them feel success like tim said it's it's easy to burn out if you if you're feeling frustrated and there's no answer and you, you have nobody to kind of bounce ideas off of and feel like you're not make, making any progress um but you know even if it's out shooting targets and uh you know doing something wrong they can help 
you know, kind of point out what's, what's, uh, what you can do to, to, you know, shoot better, uh, whether it be pulling through the shot or, you know, not dropping your bow arm or whatever. And, uh, when you start seeing success, even if it's shooting a target, it, it keeps you going. You know, I, I, I agree with what he said for sure. Well, I've enjoyed this. I know that we haven't talked forever, but I wanted to kind of keep it short. Uh, and I know there's a lot of other stories that I could share, but also don't want anybody falling asleep as they listen to this. I know next though, what I'm really excited about is Mike is going to share his story and it has been an exciting ride to be uh, on the, in the stands, being able to witness that. I know that I have been tough on Mike uh, when he started, uh, which I think has, uh, it has been, it's been, it's been good for our friendship regardless, but it's, it's been exciting to see him and how that's uh, unfolded and where he's at today. And I can't wait to see what it looks like in the future. So you need to stay tuned and you need to make sure you listen to his episode as well. That is going to be posted around the same time, hopefully as mine. So thanks again for listening. We'll catch you later.